Genre. Welcome back to the Rocky Minute, where the daily podcast that analyzes the movie Rocky one minute at a time. I am Doug Greenberg. And I'm Jason Haynes. And joining us today, all the way from sunny LA, is Sully from Sully Baseball. Welcome. Hey, how are you? I'm loving talking Rocky right now. This is, uh, this is, it's, this is such a great movie, and uh, thanks for having me aboard. Uh, um, those of you who don't know me, I'm the host of Sully Baseball, which is a, we used to be a daily podcast, and now we're a, we're a weekly podcast about talk baseball, and we talk about it year-round. So if you need your baseball fix, it's the middle of January, look me up. I'm talking baseball. I don't, I don't follow other sports. That's what I do. Um, but uh, I love movies too, so we, we we integrate a lot of movie stuff into the into the show. So, and so it should be a lot of fun. So, so you said daily to the tune of about sixteen hundred plus episodes in yeah. a row. Yeah, I did. I did it every single day from October twenty twelve until this April of twenty seventeen, including a day I was in the hospital having my kidney stones taken care of. And um, but I just I I it was. It was a ton of fun doing the show that way for a while, um, and then it just got to be, you know, it 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 got to be a little much. Um, but I still I haven't I have not stopped doing the podcast, and so it's uh it's just fun. Excellent. You know, and and while I'm a Boston fan, I talk about every single team, um, including you know, I'll do I'll do a Brewers podcast, I'll do a Diamondbacks podcast. They're good teams. There's stuff to talk about with everyone. So. Anyway, yeah, and I've, and I've got to know, I've got to meet you, Doug, because uh, I've been on a bunch of the minute by minute podcasts, uh, including Indiana Jones and Toy Story and Airport and Rocketeer, and uh, I've, I'm kind of lose track of it. Aliens. <laughs> I'm losing track of the ones, but it's fun. This is I'm a, I'm a huge movie fan, and this is such a great way to really sort of do a deep dive on really great movies. Yeah, I think uh, last count there was twenty seven thousand minute by minute podcasts, uh, but we break ground as the first sports related one, I believe. Yeah, I'm going to do a minute by minute podcast of the minute by minute podcast. I'm going to break down each minute <laughs> <laughs> every day for three hundred days. <laughs> exactly. That's the only place uh, left to go. You know. Let's talk Rocky. Let's talk Rocky. Right. Right. Today we're covering Minute 11, uh, yep. which starts with Rocky uh, sitting on his bed feeling pretty low yep. and uh, ends with a rim shot of a joke that gets nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. I love, his, uh, I, love so, his, I love his apartment. I know we're only in there for a couple of seconds of this, but it, is, it just feels so real. And it just sort of feels, obviously, this, this apartment becomes a big part in what I think is could be the best scene in the movie, which is later on when when Mickey asks to be his. You need a manager, <laughs> um, but but it is it's exactly where you believe a guy like this would live. He'd have his bed tucked to the corner. He's got the cross. He's got his little dinky alarm. There's like, if I remember, there's like a pipe where there's like foam sticking out of it, and it just it it's. You know, when he says later, my place stinks, 
um, you know, in that great scene. You really believe it. Yeah, you believe it actually probably does physically stink as well. And, and but it is. It looks like it stinks, that's for sure. But it's, it's like he, yeah. but he makes it, there's something about it that is warm and sincere. I mean, you have Cuff and Link in the little bowl. Um, you know, you have, you know, he can grab a beer and he can sit down and, and, there is a sense that it that it is rocky. It's beaten up. It's it is what it is, and he's making the you know making do with it. And it's just a great piece of character development through art direction. That's a great analogy. Like the uh, the apartment is beat up just like he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wanted to uh, get your thoughts on the apartment, and you you really nailed it. Perfect. Uh, it has that curtain too. It has that weird, ugly like. It's like it's probably a bed sheet, and God knows what it smells yeah, like. Yeah. But it's like is that like a, a room separator. Is that what he's yeah, using like, it for? It's like it's not. It's not a studio. It's a one bedroom. They do that in New York yeah. all the time. It's, <laughs> a, it's a one bedroom. Put up another one. It's a two bedroom. It's a duplex now. Yeah. <laughs> all right, two family. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next, uh, next we see the pet shop. Yeah. Uh, well, I have you... a. I did yeah. a little. I'm sorry. I didn't cut you off, but I, as I was doing a little bit of homework before coming to this episode, uh, I found this this, this heartbreaking article uh, at phillymag dot uh, dot com, of which the pet shop, which was the pet shop that Adrian works at, where we're going to be doing the next scene. Which is great because it's right across the street from the boxing. You see boxing behind it. The two worlds right there. Yeah, it, right out the window. The store was demolished this year. Oh, just this year? It, it, it was a real. It was real. It really happened in. in at least this article was posted uh, April twenty first, twenty seventeen, and it was it was a real place called J and M Tropical Fish. Right. Named after Joe and Morsh, who were Joe, a guy named Joe and a guy named Morris, and they they. Uh, the Marks, they they own this place, and it was it was demolished this year. As a lot of places have been, but there was talk. The thing that made me that was kind of heartbreaking about it was that um, there was a tour that was going around of like you know famous places in uh, Philadelphia, and one of the tour buses was going by it and say, if you look to your left, you see the pet shop from Rocky. That and they didn't realize it was being demolished that day. And the poor guy was like, and oh, uh, oh and we're and you can watch the pet shop from Rocky be demolished. So <laughs> that must have been a sad go, day. Yeah, let's go. Why was the thing that um, after they had demolished it, that uh, Rocky fans were going down to the scene and taking bricks out of the dumpster to take a piece of the pet shop home with them. And they were stealing them out of the dumpster that were there. That's yeah, crazy. that makes a lot of sense. Right? Who would want a brick from a pet store? Because it was in the in the. Uh, in the <laughs> yeah. Room, passionate Rocky fans did. That's oh. for sure. Good old North Front Street in <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys are, are are either you guys from Philly or from from the East Coast at all? We're both from New Jersey, so we're pretty close to Philly. Oh, there you go. There. You, what what yeah. exit? Uh, <laughs> off the Turnpike or exit twelve. Okay, I, I mean, I'm I'm a native New Englander. I grew up in the suburbs of Boston, but I lived oh, I, oh. I lived fifty. Well, I, you know, I've, I've been in California for long enough, but uh, I lived in New York for fifteen years, and I used to go to Philly a lot because I during my stand up days there was a lot of there were a lot of shows in Philly and Atlantic City and in South some great shows in South Jersey where you didn't get paid much, but you got a steak dinner out of it. So that was uh, Ooh, oh, that worth was the, its way right there. Darn right. Darn right. 
Uh, so, so Rocky, you see, tapping on the glass, like messing around with the dogs, like he was the night before on his his playful walk home. Back again. Yeah, the playful side. He's uh, he's kind of back uh, on on his road back up after hitting rock bottom last night. Yeah, and and this is so great, just in terms of there's so much in terms of as I I alluded to character development through art direction. You have these two worlds. You have the pet shop and you have the boxing gym, and they are literally across the street from each other. You can see the boxing gym across the street, and you see a mousy woman, who, and you see this beat-up dude. And ladies and gentlemen, here's your romantic couple. This is not the notebook. <laughs> you know, this is it. This is your, if you want the and and. And this is one of the things of the many things that make this movie work is it's a movie about these two people who found each other. That she's a, she doesn't even run the pet shop. She's henpecked in the pet shop. And he's not even the best boxer in the gym. He lost his damn locker. And these two people find each other and find love right. in this movie. And it's one of the, I mean, I, I mean, I, I genuinely this is a I genuinely adore this movie to the, to its core, and if you just if you pause minute at at, at second twenty one, there's a the, to me that's almost the poster of the movie that Stallone is looking at you know Rocky's looking at Adrian and he has this wonderful smile but it's also a little bit what am I going to do how am I going to get her to look up and she's look she's looking down at whatever that the gerbil food or whatever the hell she's she has in there and just avoiding eye contact right and it's so it it's it's the entire heart of the movie in that one particular frame and and it's just it, it it's this is this couple can't exist in a movie today Right, you know, yeah, this will yeah. never, this would never get past studio notes. No, but yeah, right. it did, and that's actually one of the great things about mo- the movies of the '70s. Is Talia Shire could be the romantic lead in a film, and Elliot Gould could be a sex symbol. That's one of the great <laughs> things about movies of the '70s. It's like it, it, it all happened. It was like a Venn diagram of weirdness and greatness uh, happened within like a ten-year period, and then we went back to Beautiful People. But that's yeah, we've come a long way. I know, but I, I, I just the and and it also makes sense when you when you go to his home for the first time, and you're like, he has turtles. Yeah. Why does he have turtles? <laughs> and at first, you know, that's a that's just a quirky detail. I said, no, it's not. It became part of the character development. It's like, oh, those turtles are part of his courtship. That gives him an excuse to see the yeah, the yeah. and so. It's a wonderful piece of sort of writing that gets paid off later. Like, of course he bought the turtles. This gives him an excuse to buy the bugs to feed the turtles and, and flirt with her at the counter. And it's and it all just it makes such wonderful sense. And I and I again, the sincerity of this scene is just gets me every time. Well, we spoke uh, last week about when he's when he's rehearsing his uh, his pickup line in the mirror. I, stupid me, I didn't even realize what he was doing. But it's it doesn't pay off until this minute right here. Yeah, you're, you're looking at him. you had the same reaction I did last week when I was like, "What what the hell is he doing talking to himself in the mirror about moths and flies?" But here's the payoff. So it's it's set up in a in a like a classical way. Yeah, 
Right. Well, it wasn't done that. It wasn't practiced or pickup line, you know, in the mirror the night before. And you, oh, yeah. You refine it and you work on it. And then you get there. It never really goes as planned, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it never works out the way you, you uh, rehearsed it. That is true. And it true. doesn't for Rocky either, but he forces it in there. It's, <laughs> it's true. He's but delivering he, this joke whether she wants to hear it or not. <laughs> but he uh, he sees her inside um, after he's, you know, uh, playing with the dogs in the window. And he, he walks over to the door. And the last look, he he gives her she's not even looking at him she's doing what she's doing but he has like the 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 shyest most adorable right. look on his face <laughs> as he's making his way over yep. to the door which which kicks off like the most awkward exchange i've ever seen between two people oh easily <laughs> but you can finally when he comes in when, when he see when you see his face in the mirror when he's playing with the dogs and then he gives her that that creepy glance up through the window mm-hmm. like you can see the excitement in his face he walks in and that's when you realize like oh this is why he's here this is why he has the turtles this mm-hmm. is why he has you know the turtle food this is why he plays with the dog this is why he's coming to the pet shop it's for the girl for the woman and you finally you see the excitement in him like he's a different you know we went through the the fight we went through the high of the euphoria when he came off the fight mm-hmm. and then he was in his apartment he was down he was depressed he was you know didn't look like things were going well but now we see another side of him he's excited he's he's full of life talking I, I will say that i will say this as someone with i have a ton of allergies towards cats and dogs and I bet if I walked in this pet shop, my head would explode like scanners. You know, it would just be everything. My brain would be everywhere. Because I just, I watched the scene, just looking at it, the YouTube clip you sent of me. It's like, I could, I'm already, my eyes are itchy watching this scene. That, oh, yeah. that there's fur probably everywhere. It probably stinks. You know, they, they obviously don't vacuum every day. There's probably excess cat hair floating and like, oh, my God, her sweater must stink. And just like and, and when Gloria comes in, oh, yeah, you know, Gloria funny. comes in to interrupt. I mean, she probably smells of like dogs and cats. And, <laughs> you know, the only thing I could own in that place are Cuff and Link because I would be my allergies would be going crazy. I couldn't have butkus. But yeah. uh, well, uh. Talia Shire described the pet shop as pungent when uh, they were recording there. So, yeah. what what you see is what you smell. It's definitely, definitely visceral. Yeah, yeah. That, that's. But we had talked uh, last episode. We talked to um, Scott about the like what the job of the director of photography, who's the person who makes what the director right. wants to see come to life and mm-hmm. finds the scenes and finds all this. And so far, between the boxing gym where the fight was, Rocky's apartment, and Pet's shop, this guy nailed it. Man. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he really found that you know the first three locations are just, and even the streets of Philly, like, and and we're gonna, and we're going to see that continue. And not to get ahead of ourselves, we're going to see that when we go to the docks. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the beautiful things about this movie is that. It sets up so much, both, you know, when you think of a film, say, oh, it's a big visual film, the the way it's kind of become shorthand for something like Avatar, you know, or Lord of the Rings or some big, you know, or like some film like, or like a Wes Anderson film, like talking about like, you know, oh, the way the Royal Tenenbaums look or the way that the, the the Grand Budapest Hotel, where you do overtly arty things with the visuals. But a lot of times it's simply... Creating something and creating in a realistic. I mean, this is shot in a very kind of that seventies, that early Scorsese, that that early Hal Ashby look of the seventies, which it looked very realistic. You know, you were moving away from the studios. You were trying to make things 
grittier and handheld. It was, it was, you know, the way that the French connection looked. It's the way that, you know, one flew to the cuckoo's nest, that sense of you're, we're watching something real. And so everything feels real. This pet shop, I mean, the fact that I'm talking about how I can feel my eyes water, it feels real. Right. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's, it's visual as well without it being showing off. It's visual because there are little cues in, in, in the art direction, the costume design and everything that set up what this film is. You know, this film isn't just about the boxing at the end. It's not just about Apollo and, and, and Rocky. It's about who is this guy? And it sets it up in a very lean way without that sort of like, you know, Rocky having seen, you know, I lived in Philadelphia since I was a kid and then I went to boarding school. and then I, There's no big scene right. like that where he says <laughs> expositional dialogue. You don't even know when you the two... You don't need it because this is about right. this is real. Yeah, we we've been saying since the beginning this is hardly a boxing movie. Yeah, you know it's about Rocky, um, you know, down on his luck guy, kind of overcoming that and his love story with Adrian. And you understand what the down on his luck thing is setting up. It's not about like oh I've, my car's repossessed, I got beaten up. It's no. This is just who he is and who he's probably going to wind up being is like Paulie. And he knows that. Right, yeah. That that's his future. Yeah. You know, once he stops boxing, who the hell is he going to be? And so this is about a guy who who's just, that's his path, gets that one, that proverbial one shot to be something more than that. You know, and, and I think I've kind of, I said this, so this is like a spiritual sequel to On the Waterfront in terms of Brando's character famously didn't get that shot. Right. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. the famous scene with Steiger. I could have been a contender. And this is almost as if, well, what if he did get that shot? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if he did have that? <laughs> Who would he have been? Because it's the same sort of, you know, on the docks and sort of a rough and tumble, you know. It, you know, and, and, and granted, he was looking at Eva Marie Saint and he looked like Marlon Brando. So it was a little more glamorous back in the, you know, in the 50s. But Yeah, even back then. But, you know, it, it is. Yeah, it's like the, the dream sequence. Right. And if, it's like a dream sequence of what what could have happened. Yeah, exactly. Or the, or the kind of it's a wonderful life, you know. By the way, Capra loved Capra loved Rocky. I read that he saw Rocky. You know, he had been retired, I think, at that point, and he had seen Rocky, and um, and he had said to John Avelson that he wish he he wish he thought of the movie. Yeah, you know, he said that would have been a film I would have made. And it is a very Capra movie, a gritty Capra film. All right, so. T- <laughs> <laughs> so we meet adrian yep the first thing you notice about her is her shy withdrawn demeanor mm-hmm. like she rocky asks how she's doing she's fine how's the turtle food this week fine uh he's trying to set up his moth joke by telling her he's aggravated all she says is i'm sorry she's giving him nothing <laughs> here's what we talk about what i said before about you know you're gonna force this you practice this line you rehearse this line you're delivering this line no matter what happens and she's not really cooperating but he's, he's delivering it he's sending this this is happening he's shoehorning he's it right shoehorn in this, this line in no matter what uh stallone when uh when describing this scene he says that adrian's exactly the type of girl that rocky would would go for like he's not into glamorous things, not into glamorous people. Uh, he'd be attracted to somebody who, who'd be willing to listen to him and not be judgmental about him because he has major insecurities about himself. Mm-hmm. So she's exactly the kind of girl you know, that, that he's attracted to. Yeah, and it makes sense in the, in the, the ice skating scene when she says something along the lines of, and he, she's, 
you know, Rocky says, I, I have to develop a body because I wasn't born with much of a brain. And Adrian says, well, they, they always said the opposite about me, that I was not born with much of a body, so I better develop my brain. You know, the whole, you know, we fill gaps part of it is you see it here. That yeah, these, you yeah. know, he's not falling in love with a, a big muscular woman, you know, and, and she's not falling in love with a little mousy guy, you know, that these these two, right. it, it's less about the physicality and more about who the hell am I going to be? Who the hell are you going to be? And well, we're probably not going to be much, but let's not be much together. And you really understand the, the, the gaps line. Yeah, it's a beautiful, it's, 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 it's a beautiful line. It's a beautiful sentiment. You know, it's what love should be. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the parts of my life that need filling in. And can you fill those in? And that's really why I think this is one of my favorite love stories in any movie. Absolutely. I don't think anybody can argue with that. I will say, I've, my, my brother Ted and I, my brother Ted, the, the TV writer, and I have talked that, I mean, we're, I'm skipping way ahead right now. But, you know, <laughs> spoiler alert, there's a boxing match at the end. Um, <laughs> what? I know, I know, I feel bad. Um, my brother and I have said probably the most romantic line ever in film history is, where's your hat? Yeah, there was At the very end, you know, when, when, she, when her hat is gone, it's like he's just had the crap beaten out of him. He could barely, he had to have his eye physically cut open. And yet, mm-hmm. after all that, he has an image of her. It's exactly in his head. And when he sees her... And she's not wearing the hat. That's the first thing. Wait a minute. It's like he's concerned about her hat. Yeah, you yeah. know, and that's, and that's love the right hospital. there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can't see. I may have, I may not have a brain anymore, but your hat is gone. Let's search this Philadelphia spectrum yeah. to see if it's there. Can everyone calm down and look at your feet and see if there's a hat by your feet? <laughs> So uh, so Adrian gives him nothing. He's, nothing. he's still trying to... No. So, uh, so he, he tries to force it again and asks if she wants to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, Rocky's not good at reading the room here, you know? So as a, as a former... As someone did on my share of stand-up comedy, there's sometimes you send up going like, no, this crowd's not going to go for this joke. Let's, let's go to the yeah, next Yeah, you got to pull the plug. Yeah. yeah. Do, do some no. crowd work. Do some crowd work. Well, Gloria comes in and does the work for him. Because yeah. she, uh, she just completely... Blocks him. Ah, Gloria. Oh. The worst. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you somebody that what don't a... want to hear about it. <laughs> what a <laughs> blocker. I know. Right? <laughs> you, she's, in the, she's in the movie for a second and you hate her already. I know. <laughs> she snatches the turtle food from, from his hand. Yeah. Like, that's his prop. That's his yeah. physical comedy. Yeah, if right he was there. Gallagher, she just took the, the, the sledgehammer, the watermelon away from him. <laughs> 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 like I know. That's my That's my act. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes on with the, the well, you joke. See, so I was just looking at this scene, and you can see like when he's when this exchange is going on between him and Adrian. Adrian's just giving him the fine, fine. You kind of wondering like, is she not interested, or is she really just a shy person? But after he finally delivers the joke, she's gonna look back at the screen. And she gives that little smile. Like yeah. she, she looks up at the shelf. He delivers the joke finally. She looks back. She gives that little smile, and you're kind of like, you realize, all right, she's just shy, but she's definitely interested. Don't 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 keep everybody hanging on. What's the joke, Jay? No, you go ahead and tell us. <laughs> it's, it, I don't know if I could deliver it as good as Rocky. No, uh, no one can. So, <laughs> so every time the the moths get caught in the turtle's throat, uh, it coughs. So I got to smack it on the back of the shell. And what do you think they get? 
Come she, on. <laughs> she kind of just withdraws even more. She's shoulders are hunched. Uh, she keeps keeping her hands tight to the body, avoiding eye contact, and they get what? Shell shock. shock. <laughs> and that's when she laughs. And she laughs at the joke. She, she likes the joke. Glory, on the other hand. Calling his joke bad and starting early with the bad jokes. But Adrian yeah. liked the joke. She, she smiled. Yeah. No, she she was she was a fan. Uh, she doesn't want to show it too too hard, but I knew, I knew my so, share uh, of Glorias when I was single. There were a bunch <laughs> of Glorias in my life. Were like, oh, I thought I was I thought I was doing well, but her friend came and shot me down. So yeah, yeah, the cute girl's friends got to come in and ruin yeah. it. You just want to. I don't want to call Gloria yeah. cute. <laughs> <laughs> so so does Rocky do this often? Does Rocky try to uh, make witty I think every. And... I think he's there all the time. I think he's there at least once a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. So far, we've only seen Rocky in 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 the boxing, in, you know, the fight on the street, and now in the pet shop. In all three places, everybody knew who he was. So you kind of get the feeling that that he's he has his routine. He only you know a couple places he goes to them, you know, weekly, daily, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he only has you know everybody knows who he is everywhere he goes. Yeah, it was like this wasn't his, his first visit to the pet. Yeah, I and I think that this is, you know, I think in his mind, this is sort of like you're right. He has his routine, and I think this is one of the great things about the film because you introduce him as a boxer, you see that he's kind of on the low end of the totem pole, you see where he lives, you see who he is in love with, and then later, I think the next minute or maybe the minute after, we see what he does for a living. So it's kind of like it. it it sort of hits all the points of how are we going to enter, what are the elements of his life. This is probably what he does. He goes he goes box, he goes home, he flirts, he goes to the docks, and it just sort of lather, rinse, repeat. And he's just going to do this for, from now on. And what's going to make his life better is be able to share it with someone. And how is he going to do that? Well, he's got a thousand turtle jokes he's going to tell. Yeah, it's got a whole pocket full of turtle jokes. Pocket full of turtle jokes is my favorite Douglas Adams book, by the way. <laughs> all right, that's all I have for uh, today. What are yeah. you working on now, Sully? Uh, I'm, you know, I do the podcast, and I also I produce another podcast called Real Crime Profile, which I'm not on, but I produce it. It's about FBI profiling, and we have FBI profilers on the show. Um, and I, I'm working on that. I'm working on the latest Sully baseball podcasts probably by the time this goes up it will probably be playoff time so uh you know we'll see what happens and and uh and i'm working on uh, doing a lot of writing if you go to sullybaseball.com besides the uh the the podcast and other things i do every single day without fail you get the baseball card of the day and i, I pull a card out of a, a shoebox and write a thousand words about it and oh, uh some of the stuff i write some of the stuff i write is kind of bananas but uh yeah, it's it's a lot of fun excellent yeah so, baseball podcast fbi profiling movies you're like a, a regular renaissance man aren't you <laughs> you do it all huh well you know and uh, and uh, i'm working on a writing project about uh, president warren g harding wow because why well, not? Cut right there. Why not? Right. <laughs> he was he was our funniest president because he was. Uh, imagine someone as uh, unqualified as Trump, but without the mean streak, just kind of a goof. And uh, I'm not getting political here, but you know the guy's got a little bit of a mean streak, and uh, you know, and I'm working on that because it's uh, it should be a fun a, a fun writing project. 
Uh, two of our three listeners just turned off the show. Thanks, so. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> uh, as for us, uh, you can find us. We started a uh, listeners group called Mighty Mix, oh, cool. uh, the Rocky Listener Society on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Rocky Minute. And we are brand new to the dueling genre family. Uh, with Scott Corelli and Nick Jimenez and all of those guys. They got a ton of uh, minute-by-minute podcasts over there. So, if you're asking yourself, are bad jokes the way to Adrian's heart? You're just going to have to tune in tomorrow and find out on Rocky Minute. <laughs>